Amen. If you have your Bibles, 2 Peter, the third chapter here tonight. Amen. Please bear with me. I have a little bit of a lengthy reading, but I would appreciate if you could just stand with me for just a moment. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, everybody say the last days, scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fall asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come, as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God? wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for these such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation." Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. And everybody say amen. Amen. I want to preach to you for a few moments tonight on our greatest concern. Our greatest concern, how many have 
concerns in the house tonight. We've got concerns. We've got worries. We've got issues, quite frankly. Amen. But I want to preach to you tonight on our greatest concern. Amen. You can be seated tonight. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Hello. How many here tonight believe that there is a day coming when God will come for His church? He will come for His church. It seems like in this day and age, so many times we seem to forget that there really is a day coming. We read in our Bible, in the book of 2 Peter, where said in the last days the scoffers walking after their own lust, their own flesh, their own logical reasoning will be saying, where is this promise of His coming? Where is this thing that you've been talking about for so many years? When I say the last days, those scoffers might look at me and say, you've been saying the last days for a long, long time. Where is this promise of this majestic coming of the Lord that you speak of? But I've come to tell you tonight that although you may have heard it your whole life that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, I've come to tell you tonight He's still coming. He's still coming tonight. May we not forget, let us not grow slack concerning His promise. He has promised, and He that has promised is faithful. He's coming. How many believe that He's coming here tonight? Jesus is coming. In our world today, and in our society, we have so many concerns. So much worry. We, we battle with worry, don't we? We worry a whole lot. My wife accuses me of being careless a whole lot. I try not to worry too much, but I still worry. We all worry. That's a very human thing to do. We worry. And we need the help of God to address our worry issues sometimes. So many concerns. We have personal concerns. How we're going to pay the bills, how we're going to put food on the table, how we're going to put gas in the car. We have personal concerns with finances. We have personal concerns with our families. We have personal concerns with our job. We have concerns about where we're going to live. We need a roof over our head at night. We have all these concerns and worries. We also have a lot of bigger concerns in our world, bigger than just us, bigger than just our household or our personal life. In fact, if you see the news, have you, have you seen the news lately? Have you read the newspaper lately? It's crazy. If you haven't, if you haven't heard anything in the news, let me warn you, don't. Don't get on the internet and read anything. Don't open your newspaper. 
Don't look on a TV anywhere. Just do yourself a favor and stay ignorant of what's going on around our world. You're better off. Just trust me on that. How many would agree with that? We've got so many concerns. They're talking about gay marriage. They're talking about transgender issues. The Confederate flag. The abusive police officers. Let's riot a little while. We got riots going on. People acting crazy, burning stuff up, killing each other. Concerns about money, all these, all these financial crimes, people getting locked up because they're stealing millions and millions of dollars from people. You got concerns about an upcoming presidential election, which is upcoming, but it's like two years away. And we hear about it every day. So many concerns. We got all the all the presidential nominees lined up. Telling bad things about the other ones. So many concerns in our world today. There's so much that can bog us down these days. So much that we can get engrossed in. It's so easy to grab something out of the news or grab an issue and you're, you're talking to somebody at work about it. It's so easy to take an issue and basically make it your hobby to talk about an issue. I'm connected on Facebook. Anybody on Facebook? You should probably be my friend. I'm connected on Facebook to a a guy I, I grew up with, his name is Mickey. It's not Mickey Mouse, but his name is Mickey. I grew up, he's older than me. But I knew him a lot when I was, I was a little kid. I haven't seen him in years. But I'm connected to him on Facebook, and I see the stuff he posts on Facebook. And everything he posts on Facebook has to do with politics. And although I probably agree with him on most of it, it drives me crazy. I'm thinking, what about your kids? <laughs> Can I just see a picture of your kid instead of a big American flag every day? Nothing against the American flag. <laughs> Can we see something about your personal life instead of national politics or, or your state politics? He's engrossed in it. He, he, it has become a part of him. He wakes up in the morning thinking about it and he goes to bed at night with it on his mind. There's so many people who are engrossed in these issues. I was talking to my dad several weeks ago, and he was talking to me about a couple gentlemen in his church. I hope this doesn't get back to those gentlemen, if I hear it online. They wouldn't listen to me online anyways. But these, these gentlemen are from Texas, and they are proponents to secede from the union. They want to secede. They're good men in the church, wonderful supporters of the church. In fact, 
they've got quite a bit of money and they give quite a bit of it to the church and that's a great blessing to the church. It's a great blessing to my dad. My dad, he loves these guys. But he said there's something about them. They, they refer to themselves as secessionists. And there's something about them. They're so involved in it. They're so engrossed in it. They can't do anything without thinking about seceding from the union. That seems crazy to me. But my dad told me something. He said, son, these are good guys. They don't do anything wrong. They're moral men. They're upright men. But son, they've never spoken in tongues. And they've never received the Holy Ghost. And he said, for three years I've tried to put my finger on it. And I think I've figured it out. They're so engrossed in seceding from the union, they can't receive the Holy Ghost. Because they're so wrapped up in it. I'm not speaking against seceding from the union. I'm not speaking for seceding from the union. Quite frankly, if you want to secede from the union, more power to you. But don't let an issue wrap you up so much that it hinders the power of God in your life. Don't let an issue wrap you up so much that it hinders the leading of the Spirit of God in your life and the working the power of Jesus Christ in your life. Whatever that issue is, maybe you have a good issue that you're fighting for, but do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Don't get too wrapped up in the issues of this world. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're fighting for an issue tonight, quite frankly, you're here tonight and chances are I agree with you on the issue. But I still want to preach to you, don't get bogged down by the issues of this world. This world is not eternal. We're just passing through this world. But you need to get your mind on heavenly issues. You need to get your mind on the eternal tonight. I want to preach to you tonight on our greatest concern. Our greatest concern in the last days. Philippians chapter 2 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It says, Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow all things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
I've come to tell you tonight that in the last days, and let there be no doubt tonight that we are in the last days, Jesus is coming. I can't say it enough. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming. But in the last days, every politician, every homosexual, every transgender, every heterosexual, every scoffer, every police officer, every rioter, every financial expert or financial guru, every president or presidential nominee and every voter who votes for them will bow their knees and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's one concern, that is one issue that we may not agree on right now. But in that day, everybody will agree to it. Everybody will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Could we just praise Him for a moment? Hallelujah. told this story before, but at the turn of the century in Topeka, Kansas, some folks started looking into this book of Acts, and they got a bit stirred up about something that they saw in the book of Acts. They saw that the early church was filled with the Holy Ghost, and the early church spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They also saw where over and over and over again Scripture kept talking about this promise and how it was not just for those present in this upper room, but it was also for 3,000 afterwards. But not even just for them, but for their children and their grandchildren. As many as the Lord our God shall call. As many who are afar off. This was alarming that they had been missing this in their Bible. They had been skipping over this in their Bible and all of a sudden something was stirred in their spirit and they decided we better start paying attention to this. It started to become an issue until finally Charles Parham in his Bible school started praying and grabbed a hold of this promise that they were reading about. They grabbed a hold of this promise and started praying for it. And one day a little lady by the name of Agnes Osmond started praying a little too hard and got a little too stirred up and got a little too carried away. And suddenly she was speaking in a language that she had never learned in school. She was speaking in an unknown tongue. And she was filled that day with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It then happened in Los Angeles. It happened a great revival in Toronto. And the Holy Ghost was taking the world by storm. It was a great moving of God's Spirit. A few years later... Can I stop there and say, if you do not have the Holy Ghost tonight, it is a wonderful thing. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, if you've never spoken in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, I do not condemn you tonight, but I challenge you, seek after God's Spirit. 
It's not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing in your life. It's a wonderful thing in your life. It is necessary to salvation. And it is the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Can I get an amen here tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A few years later, they started reading this book of Acts again. Something else popped out of Scripture and it slapped them square in the face. And they said one to another, if we are going to be a book of Acts church, why don't we throw away the facade and start actually being a genuine book of Acts church? They were reading in verse 38 of chapter 2, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can I stop here and tell you that it does matter how you are baptized. It does matter how you were baptized. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are baptized under the most powerful name ever known to man. The name of Jesus. This is the only name that has the power to wash your sins away. If you're here tonight and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Again, you won't hear condemnation from behind this pulpit, but you will hear encouragement because being baptized in the name of Jesus and having all those sins washed away is a very wonderful and positive thing. You need to be baptized. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. If you have been baptized and you've been baptized in any other form or fashion other than the preacher calling upon the name of Jesus over to you on, by, during full immersion in water, during baptism, then you need to be rebaptized. You need to be rebaptized tonight. If you've ever been baptized in the titles of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the name of Jesus was not called over you, you need to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus so your sins can really be washed away, which is only done by the power of the name. Does anybody believe that here tonight? Amen. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why does this matter? Because it is for the remission of our sins. It is the only way that those sins can be removed and forgotten by an all-knowing God. We are the people of the name. How many believe that? We're not ashamed to be the people of the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray over our food in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray for sick folks in the name of Jesus for healing. That's why we baptize underwater in the name of Jesus. That's why everything we do in word or in deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus. Do it in the name of Jesus. Somebody got up at a camp meeting 
California. And they said, folks, we're baptizing incorrectly. We need to be baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. See, we're baptizing in the titles, which is according to a creed that was not established by the apostles themselves, but was established by quote-unquote church fathers who had no business messing with the apostolic method. We should not be baptizing that way. We need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Can I tell you tonight that there is a reason we call ourselves apostolics? It is because our beliefs and our doctrine line up with that of the apostles. Therefore, we are like the apostles or apostle-like or apostolic. If we ever stray from the apostles' teachings as found in scriptures, we are not apostolic. Not only that, we are straying away from the teachings of Jesus Christ himself robed in flesh. I don't want to be guilty of that tonight. So back to the revival of Jesus' name baptism. The religious community as a majority said, no, no, oh no. We don't want to change our baptism method. We've been baptizing in the titles and Quite frankly, that's what we were taught. We were taught that for a reason. We don't want to change this method. But there was a group, although they were in the minority, and they were separating themselves from the religious community, they felt it imperative that they obey Scripture rather than man. And that baptism in Jesus' name, they felt imperative that it started spreading like wildfire. So they, that small sect of the religious community, started a revival of Jesus' name, baptism. And I'm here to tell you tonight that I am a recipient of that revival of Jesus' name, baptism. If you're here tonight and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you have a wonderful thing. You have a wonderful heritage. You have been baptized in the only name that is able and powerful enough to wash away your sins. How many have been baptized in Jesus' name? Amen. Could we praise Him for a moment for that? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the Jesus name revival started spreading. Folks started coming up out of the water speaking in tongues after they went under in the name of Jesus for the first time. People started coming up out of the water healed from their afflictions after they went under in the name of Jesus. They started coming up out of the water delivered from addiction after they went under in the name of Jesus. How many miracles have we seen? when someone was baptized in the only saving name of Jesus. I believe my dad told a story here one time and I remember it well when I was a little kid. He baptized a gentleman on New Year's Eve in the name of Jesus in icy cold water in the middle of Chicago. 
And this gentleman had a severe arthritic condition. He was scared to death that once he got into that icy cold water, he was going to lock up and it could have killed him. He was scared to death. But my dad spoke to him in faith and he said, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Jesus and you're going to be just fine. And that man trusted my dad and my dad baptized him in the name of Jesus. Put him all the way under that icy cold water. He called upon the most powerful name of the Lord. That man came up, his sins were washed away and he never had a problem with arthritis again. He never had a problem again. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. You cannot tell me, you've come way too late to tell me that something supernatural outside of just dunking a person underwater doesn't happen when we're baptized in the name of Jesus. You can't tell me that. The supernatural happens when you're baptized in Jesus' name. Back to our story, some preachers got concerned after this Jesus' name revival started spreading. They sent a telegram to Bishop G.T. Haywood and said, Bishop Haywood, don't get caught up in what we are calling the new issue. See, we've got a group of people down here, or out west here, trying to convince people that they need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we just wanted to warn you. Bishop Haywood very quickly fired a telegram back and basically told him, hey, it's too late. You've come too late to tell me because I've already been baptized in the name of Jesus. I've already been converted. I've already had my sins washed away. Water baptism in the name of Jesus. This Jesus name revival is too powerful for you to stop it through a cross country telegram. It's too powerful. You don't have the means to stop a Jesus name revival because this name has power. The name of Jesus. We must be baptized in the only saving name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I tell you that story to point out that in that day, early in the century, the 1900s, there was a group of people that separated themselves from the rest of the religious community. They separated themselves for one reason, and that was the name of Jesus. And I believe tonight that in the last days, how many still believe we're living in the last days? He did just a few minutes ago. In the last days, there will be a separation happening in the religious community that I believe is already happening. And it will be a group of Jesus' name believers that will separate themselves. 
when the religious community as a whole speaks of the word ecumenical and they think we all need to get together. We all really believe the same thing after all. And it's just semantics. There will be one group that although they may be in the minority, they'll stand out from the rest and say, whoa, hold on. We don't believe the same thing. This is not just semantics, but there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. We're not going to get all wrapped up in that little group. That group in the religious community that decides they, they want growth at any cost. They want, to, they want to spread their gospel at any cost, even if it means watering it down. I don't believe that tonight, but I believe there is power in the name of Jesus. This name of Jesus is necessary. It's necessary. We can get very bogged down with the concerns of this world, but we must not make our home in this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We've got all of our concerns that we could worry about. We've got all of our issues that we can become engrossed in, that can take control of our lives. But can I tell you tonight that our greatest concern, listen to me, this is what I want to preach to you about tonight, our greatest concern tonight should be magnifying the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Could we praise Him tonight? Hallelujah. 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 We must not get bogged down with the inferior, but we must become engrossed and enveloped by the superior. And His name is Jesus. If you're worried about the political climate of our nation, I've come to tell you that your first calling was not to be a political meteorologist, but you were called to be a worshiper of Jesus Christ. You were called to be a worshiper of Jesus Christ. I've preached it before, but this is why when God called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, He didn't call him to do that first. But first, He said, Moses, take your shoes off, for you're on holy ground. In other words, Moses, before I give you a detailed plan of what I want to do in your life, first I'm calling you to worship. First, I'm calling you to worship. So before I get wrapped up in anything else in this world, before I get wrapped up in any other concerns in my life, first, I am a worshiper of Jesus Christ. First, my number one priority and my number one concern is to magnify the name of Jesus. Magnify the name of Jesus. Could we praise Him together tonight?
you, Jesus. If you're in this church tonight and you hold any kind of position, I'm going to tell you, and Pastor McCall would not mind me telling you tonight, your first priority is to be a worshiper. Your first priority is to be a worshiper. If you can't worship and teach Sunday school, then you need to drop teaching Sunday school because you need to be a worshiper. You need to be a worshiper. You need to worship Jesus Christ. All of these other things are temporal, but not our worship. Not our worship. Our worship is eternal. All of these other things will pass away, but our worship is eternal. All of these other things in life can be taken away from you in a heartbeat. The clothes off your back can be taken away. The house that you live in can be taken away. Any job that you have can be taken away. Any position, any title that you have can be taken away. But there is nobody in this world and nothing in this world that can take away your worship. You're called to be a worshiper. In the day that we live in, I feel it is vital. I feel it is important that you are preached to. That all the concerns in this life are there to distract you. But be not overwhelmed with the concerns of this world. Be concerned with magnifying the name above all names. Jesus Christ. Don't get bogged down with everything. Don't get bogged down with everything. I know, I know I'm as guilty as any of us. I'm passionate about some things. But when I look at those things I'm passionate about, and when I inspect those things that I'm passionate about, outside of Worshipping the name of Jesus Christ. All of those things are temporary. I might be passionate about them. But they're not worth getting myself too wrapped up in. Where I'm neglecting the things of God. And neglecting the power of the name of Jesus. Don't be concerned. I want to reach for you tonight. I just want to talk to you for a minute. Don't be concerned with those things. There's things that got you worried. I know. I live in this world just like you do. We all live here together. We all try to live here together. There's things that get us down. There's things that got you real down. But you need to give your cares unto Jesus today. You need to give your concerns unto Jesus Christ today. Because our greatest concern is magnifying The name of Jesus. When you magnify the name of Jesus, everything else is going to take care of itself. There's not a Jesus name believer, not anybody in the world who's been magnifying the name of Jesus that he hasn't been faithful to and provided for their needs. There's not anybody in the world that has been magnifying the name of Jesus that God has failed. There's not anybody, nobody. 
We need to be worshipers of Jesus Christ. I have a question for you tonight. Do you really tonight, honestly, be honest with yourself, deep down, believe in the power of the name of Jesus? Do you believe it tonight? Let that sink in for a moment. Yes or no question. If your answer tonight is no, then please resume your normally scheduled programming. Get back to your worrying about the things of this world if you just don't believe in the power of the name of Jesus. I've preached to you about it tonight. You've seen examples. You've heard about examples of it. If you don't believe it, Sorry, but I don't think there's much I can do to help you. So get back to your number one concerns, whatever they are in your life. You might have a great cause that you're fighting for. Go ahead and get back to that if you don't believe in the power of the name of Jesus. But if your answer is yes and you really believe that the power of the name of Jesus is powerful enough to wash your sins away and it is powerful enough to heal your body and deliver you from addiction and provide for your family and for your needs, then you need to make it your greatest concern to magnify the name of Jesus. You need to make it your hobby. Make it your greatest concern. I'm going to magnify the name of Jesus. I'm going to magnify His name. Let me show you what happens when you make it your greatest concern. In the book of Acts chapter 3 it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple asking alms, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. It's a miracle right there. And that is what happens when you make magnifying the name of Jesus your greatest concern. When Peter and John walked up to him and they looked upon him. He looked and he wanted money. They said, silver and gold, have I none? 
but I do have something. I'm about to give it to you. And then he said, without hesitation, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's not, that's not the hard part. Speaking the name of Jesus is not the hard part. But then, again without hesitation, he grabbed him and he lifted him up. He grabbed him and he lifted him up. And the Bible says immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. The faith part wasn't calling upon the name of Jesus in that, but it was believing that after I call on the name of Jesus, I'm going to grab your hand and lift you up and you're going to be healed immediately in Jesus' name. So I ask you tonight, what kind of Jesus' name believer are you? Are you the kind of Jesus' name believer who doesn't hesitate to call on the name and then stop there? Or are you a Jesus' name believer who believes deep down that there really is power in this name of Jesus? And that when I call upon the name of Jesus, I'll lift you up and your feet and your ankle bones will receive strength and you will be healed immediately by the power of Jesus Christ. Could you stand with me tonight? This name of Jesus, let me tell you, this powerful name of Jesus is so, so very powerful, so very important. Important enough that we need to make it our greatest concern, magnifying the name of Jesus. If you want to know how to survive the last days, maybe you're a doomsday prepper. Maybe you've got your safe house ready and you've got your canned corn piled up and your beans. Maybe you're ready for the world to come to an end and you're bound that you're going to make it. Can I just make it easy on you? It's okay to save up a little bit, don't get me wrong. It's okay to be prepared for stuff. Sometimes God uses us to prepare ourselves for stuff. God helps them who sometimes help themselves. Contrary to belief, that's not in the Bible. But that is something I just said. I believe He does help you when you know how to help yourself a little bit. That's okay. But oh, don't get too wrapped up in it tonight. Don't get too wrapped up in it. Don't build that safe house too deep. All you need to do is magnify the greatest name, the most powerful name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. 
If that name was powerful enough to save you from your sin, to wash your sins away, then it's powerful enough to keep you from whatever concern you have in this life. If the enemy's coming at you, if that name was powerful enough at one point in your life to heal your body, then it's powerful enough to keep your enemies at bay. That name is powerful tonight. That name is powerful tonight. Hallelujah. If you've got a concern in your life, if you've got concerns of this world, why don't you just lift your hands unto God with me right now. Jesus, we've got concerns right now. Oh, there's a lot of hands lifted up right now, Jesus. There's a lot of hands lifted up right now, Jesus. We've got cares of life that are weighing us down right now. We've got burdens that we need lifted. And by the power of the name of Jesus, I pray right now that you would lift those burdens off of us. Lift those concerns in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And right now we believe that it's going to happen in Jesus' name. We believe that it's going to happen in Jesus' name. If you believe that he's going to lift your concerns, if you believe that he's going to take away your burdens, why don't you step out of your pew and come to the front right now?